Hello, my name is Meg. Welcome to the Unedited Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. The goal of this podcast is to help you both develop and enjoy the habit of daily Bible reading and prayer. About 20 years ago, at a very low spot in my life, I was convicted to begin this simple discipline, and I looked up years down the road to see how God had used this habit to heal deep places in my heart and do incredible things in my life. So over the years, it's really become my greatest passion to help others get to know Jesus through His Word and through His presence. Through this podcast, I'm hoping to help you see the Word of God with fresh eyes, to learn to slow down with your Bible, and ultimately to fall in love with your Bible. So thank you so much for joining me for this final Christmas edition. I'm so glad to have you here. A very Merry Christmas to each of you. Before I read today's unedited entry, I have just felt very heavily on my heart to remind you of a little line in the very famous Christmas carol, O Holy Night, and it simply says, in all our trials, born to be our friend. And I don't know what trials you're facing Maybe you're being tried with sickness, maybe financial loss or strain, maybe relationship issues. Maybe you just have a long list of unanswered questions, or maybe you have an unanswered prayer. Maybe you're feeling forgotten or alone or lonely today. Maybe you have wayward children. The list of trials and challenges and struggles and suffering that we face in this life could go on and on, but there is a little baby there's a king who was born as a baby to know what you feel and to know what you know he wanted to carry our griefs and our burdens he came to pay the price for our sin he came to be our substitute and he wants to be your very best friend and the things that you're facing right now the things that you're facing today the burdens that maybe seem insurmountable or overwhelming can literally be the very thing that paved the way to a deeper relationship with him than you've ever known. There's a relationship with him that's sweeter than you ever dreamed possible. And that little baby that was born 2,000 years ago came with a mission to save us. And not just to save us, not just simply to rescue us, though that was his primary mission, but also to know us. And he wants to be your friend in your trials, in all our trials, born to be our friend. Cling to him today. Just keep clinging to him in all of your tomorrows. He truly, truly is the very best friend. And I have found that the word of God is true. He's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. So that was just a little, little nugget. I've just felt that so heavily in my spirit this morning, just to remind you again that in all our trials. He was born to be our friend. Today I'm going to share an unedited entry called The Worship of the Wise Men. It's based on the story of the wise men coming to visit baby Jesus in Matthew chapter 2. So if you want to read that story, that's where you can find it in the Bible. This is a partially fresh word. I don't know that I've ever actually done this before, but as I was searching through Some journals a few weeks back, I ran across an entry about the wise men 
that I had not finished. And sometimes I don't finish entries. That, that happens pretty frequently. But I just felt so heavily I was supposed to finish it and share it for this episode today. And so I literally finished the last portion of this entry yesterday. So it is a fresh word, cooked up fresh. <laughs> and you might even hear some papers rustling because it's not even typed out yet. So that is just, again, what I felt to share. Worship is so powerful, powerful for us, again, because it shifts our focus to him and he is the source of our power. And so today I would like to share this unedited Christmas entry, The Worship of the Wise Men. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born, king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and are come to worship him. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. That's from Matthew 2, verses 1 to 2 and verses 9 to 11. When it really boils down, there is so little shared in the Bible regarding the greatest and most earth-shattering event in human history. Three chapters, that is all. Matthew 1 and 2 and Luke 2. The miracle of the Incarnation is summed up in several pages. The very event that paved the way for the crucifixion and the resurrection can sometimes be callously observed and read through a sterile lens. If you've been in church at all, you've seen tiny Marys and tiny shepherds quote Luke 2. If you haven't been in church, you've heard Linus quote Luke 2. And somehow, the beauty and brilliance of the story gets lost in the fact that it's become ordinary. Somewhere, hidden under the lights and trees, trappings and trimmings, baking and buying, is the incredible, jaw-dropping, shocking display of love manifest in a tiny form in a manger. It can be easily overlooked. And so it was that first Christmas. It all happened in such a simple, an unassuming way that most overlooked it. This year, the wise men have been particularly impacting to me. They did not overlook the miracle because they were looking for the miracle. We have seen his star in the east. They had heard, even in a distant foreign land, the promise of a coming Messiah, and they were watching and they were waiting. When they arrive in Jerusalem, they very clearly state their intentions and are come to worship him. I have done a little inconclusive reading regarding where they were from and how long their journey would have been to come and pay homage to the newborn king. From what I've seen, it would have been six months to two years of travel. Wow, they were willing to travel to worship. Let's say it was only three months, three months over desert terrain, in all likelihood, The travel involved blazing hot days and freezing cold nights. This was treacherous travel for the sake of worship. The severity of the journey did not stop them from seeking the Savior. 
Also of note regarding their arrival in Jerusalem is the fact that Herod and all of Jerusalem with him are troubled at the news. Jesus was born King of the Jews, yet his own chosen people are troubled by the news instead of thrilled. Instead of waiting and watching, they were lost in the busyness of Jerusalem. Or maybe it was simply the fact that they were looking through their own expectations. They expected a king to come like they thought he should and would. Yet, as we often find with God, he works in the ways we would least expect. When Herod hears this troubling news, he brings the spiritual elite in and demands of them where Christ would be born. And they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, For thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Once Herod has heard the prophecies that he should have already known, he calls for a special private audience with the wise men. And Herod is diligent. He inquired diligently of them what time the star had appeared. Then he sends them on their way. Go and search diligently for the young child, and when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. But Herod's diligence is motivated only by jealousy of potential rival to his rule. He speaks the right words with the wrong why. The news of the fulfilled prophecy brings no joy, but only maniacal envy. Yet the wise men hear the words of the king and depart to continue their diligent search. They knew the scriptures, they knew what they had seen in their homeland, they knew their purpose, and are come to worship, and they knew they would find the Messiah. Their faith was evidenced in their diligence. Their persistent pursuit proves the words of Hebrews 11:6. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. When they stepped out the doors of Herod's palace, the Bible says, Lo, the star which they had seen in the east went before them and came and stood over where the young child was. Their diligence led to their reward, and that reward brought joy. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. I lost my place. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. They had found what they had been looking for. They had found the object of their desire and their travels, and they gave their best gift first. They were come to worship him, and worship him they did. As Matthew Henry wrote, they presented themselves, themselves to him. They fell down and worshipped him. We do not read that they gave such honor to Herod, though he was in the height of his royal grandeur, but to this babe they gave this honor. Not only to a king, then they would have done the same to Herod, but as to God. Note, all that they have found Christ fall down before him, they adore him and submit themselves to him. It will be the wisdom of the wisest men if they be humble, faithful worshipers of the Lord Jesus. We often think about the wise men's gifts, but we fail to think of the wise men's worship. Their worship was what they did first and what they did best. He was their reward and they instantly presented themselves prostrate before him. Before gold, before frankincense, before myrrh, 
Before their wealth and the symbols of their means, they offered themselves and their worship. At the end of the day, that is what the King of Kings is after. He is still looking for those who will diligently seek him. He is looking for those who will present their bodies a living sacrifice and see it as nothing but reasonable service. He is looking for worshipers. As Jesus stated in the years of his earthly ministry, but the hour is come and now is when the true worshipers shall worship in spirit and truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. He still longs for our hearts and our worship, and that is just what the wise men gave. They gave themselves before they gave their gold. Anyone can give money, but only true worshipers can give their hearts. They were come to worship him, and their mission was accomplished. They did what they had set out to do all those weeks or months or years before. And this begs the question, to what lengths am I willing to go to worship? Will I worship when worship is inconvenient? Will I worship when a long, treacherous journey is required to do so? How much effort will I put into getting into his presence to find him? Will I hazard my own life, surrender my own life before him? Will I bring the best I have to offer? Will I present all I have and am? Will I diligently seek him? And if the answer to the last question is yes, then I, like the wise men, will be rewarded because he is still a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And he is still the reward. So thankful for this beautiful depiction of worship from men we still call wise. Again, that was just a little thought on worship. I pray that you and I will take our cues from the wise men and that we will follow the path that these men paved all those years ago on their journey to Bethlehem. And if you are facing trials of any type, as previously discussed in the opening, worship is powerful right where you are. Because worship gets your eyes off of your circumstances and it transfers your focus to the Savior, to the one who holds all power in heaven and earth that shifts our gaze from us to him, from our inability to his ability, from our lack to his supply. You can refer back to episode 18 where we talked about incorporating worship. But again, just a reminder that in your trials, he was born to be your friend and in your trials, you can worship. In my trials, I can worship. Let's celebrate the Savior. Thank you so much for joining me for this journey. I look forward to meeting up with you again next Friday. If you have questions or to download a typed or a handwritten transcript of today's entry, you can visit meganedited.com. For now, go grab your journal and your Bible. I look forward to the power of this habit in your life. Merry Christmas. This is Unedited. This is for you. Happy Friday.